You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Yeah. Ah. Double coffee, Andy? Delicious hotel coffee, gentlemen. You look good. Looks like you updated the kitchen there, too. Yeah, I uh, since I got kicked out of my house, it's been nice. These people are very nice to me here um, at the hotel. Yeah. They, they give you a garage, too, or what? Over there? I added a microwave in the kitchen unit here in the garage. So, <laughs> I don't ever have to talk to my wife. Yeah. Oh, um, no, we're, uh, I'm down at Sioux Falls right now, uh, getting ready to. So, I got my uh, college color sweatshirts on, getting ready to go to the campus and tackle some uh, moving with my daughter. Oh, I thought, I thought, I was wondering if the rumor was true that you were moving your business to South Dakota. Uh, much better tax shelter, yes. There's much, yeah, it's, it's a better, it's a better situation. Yeah, it was kind of interesting on the radio out here talking about real estate and the uh, governor, this Christy Nome or whatever her name is. Um, they were just what, talking about this. Her what daughter, whatever her name is, everyone knows Christy Nome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and she's out here and she's you know tra trailblazing as they say and doing all these crazy things. Her daughter though was just trying to get a job as an appraiser, and it's all over the news right now that she you know got fast tracked and given special treatment and. And I'm like, here's the deal, guys. At the end of the day, uh, you're still an appraiser. It's not like she's the $400,000 a year assistant to the assistant sitting in her office every day or playing golf. I mean, she was trying to get an honest job. And appraisers work their butts off. I mean, you know that. I know that. And it's like, I go, I don't know, man. There's got to be some perk to being a governor. So what if you fast-tracked your daughter through the licensing a little bit? Yeah, I think an appraiser is great. They can never be fast enough. They get yelled at all the time by yeah. not only the, well, somebody else, because the mortgage people can't talk to them, but us realtors can go after them. Yeah. It's a it's a very great job. Can How do you look today? I, I think you look like you're ready to get on a pontoon with a keg of beer yeah, and uh, cause some problems. I gotta do some. I gotta do some working in the sprinter today. This is my sprinter workout gear. That's awesome. And thinking gear. You look like uh, there's a meme, um, a bunch of like Twitter profiles, and they have like the same like Oakley sunglasses on and the hat, and they they say like really uh, conservative talking points, and it's just just a funny. It's, you look like one of those yeah. guys. Watch <laughs> I've been starting to watch a lot of different podcasts and everyone looks pretty dang casual in them. So I think I'm, I'm going that route. Yeah. I tried to be too fancy, you know, Andy's got the perfect hair. I needed something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to look like a weatherman, do my deal. Just what, what do you use for that, Andy? Cause my, my hair is starting to get wild, but I want to keep the curls. Wait, how do I get some of that uh, stick? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I figured with my stress level, I'd uh, I'd be bald, you, you know, and it just, it just doesn't happen. I I, I you know I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I think I got pretty. It's all solid in the back still. <laughs> Looking good. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, Nick's got those curly cues. He looks kind of like those uh, Amish guys a little. What they when they get that long hair. Yeah, my my son had that same um, when he was think right in the end of his uh, his lacrosse career. He let his hair grow and it got huge and awesome. It was uh, pretty fun. All right, market, 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 real estate market. I don't know what to even. I don't know what to say about it. I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, we got we got a couple new listings going on this week, and uh, I mean everything that I'm doing. I always do like the market analysis right before we're going to go on, and uh, yep. <laughs> you know, and they're and they're different. Um, they're different markets that I don't work in all the time. Uh, I know them, but it's not like, you know, it's my backyard and I, and I'm seeing it every single day, but um, that things are still, they still are moving. Um, we don't know. I mean, I haven't seen, uh, you know, we talked a little about it last week, but 
uh, how the offers are going, whether or not, you know, we're getting multiples and people are going crazy over. I know a lot of people have switched price points uh, because of the interest rates. They've kind of retooled themselves into thinking, you know, rather than 400, we better look at 350 now. And uh, or and or, uh, well, I should say the upper the upper bracket market, though, is still hotter than hot. It's it's uh, yeah. if, if you've got something nice that's turnkey, it's going to be sold. Well, you know, and I, I don't, uh, I, I 100% agree. I think what we've been seeing is a little bit of panic listing where people are, have been waiting for whatever reason to get their houses on the market. And they're meeting with real estate agents and the real estate agents are saying, hey, you hit the peak. It doesn't get any higher than this. We, you know, from what we've seen, I mean, your house is worth more today than it's ever been worth. Um, what are you waiting for? And so we are seeing some inventory. I know from last month to this month, last month was one of the historically lowest months of inventory ever like recorded. And, and now what's that? And sales were low too. Yeah. And now you're starting to see those, that inventory coming into play. Now, what I think everybody's worried about is like, they're, they're kind of getting that, well, everything's so expensive. Interest rates are high. You know, I don't want to buy anything. You got to remember supply and demand is real simple. Not everybody has a job that's buying a house. Some people already have their money. They're retired, they're downsizing, they're whatever. And they want, it's their time of life, they need to make that move. And even if the economy or the timing's not right, they're still gonna make their move. There's always somebody that wants to sell or buy a house. Well, I've in the last couple of weeks here, I've seen where people were starting to buckle down a little bit mentally and saying, oh man, this inflation and all this crazy stuff going on in the world, the housing market's gonna go to hell. And I said, I want to. I want you to honestly research that topic, and I want you to come back and talk to me in about three days. And let's talk about why you think the housing market's going to crash. Well, this and this, and I said, but remember, in two thousand and seven and eight, the the economy crashed because of housing. Right now, housing's solid. There's little inventory. There's great equity, um, and, and historically, the interest rates are still fantastic. Five percent is not eighteen percent, guys. I mean, yes, it sucks. It doubled in, and most people that were shopping on a payment, which most you know buyers were, um, or what is it, 60, 68% of the buyers were, um, uh, or something like that, because it's like almost 30% of the buyers last month were cash. Um, those with a payment, their payments went up, so they feel affected. They feel like robbed or cheated again. Like, the, now I can't find a house, now my payment went up. But I'll tell you what, historically, 5% is a rate that if you do your math is a good rate. Um, you know, people are still making good money. Um, and I think because of the lack of inventory, you're gonna still see pressure on supply. I mean, they're gonna list and they're gonna sell. Now, are they gonna sell for way over? I don't think so. Like we were talking about last year, this year was supposed to be kind of a flat year. And we're still seeing some appreciation because there's still a lack of inventory. So people need a place to live. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've always said about this market is that Inventory is the one thing that's making it um, go, meaning that rates can keep rising, everything can keep happening. But uh, since we have the low inventory, that it's not, it, we're not going to have much of an issue, except for the one thing that I think could happen is that whole consumer confidence. I mean, as gas keeps going up, as the stock market keeps falling apart. And if interest rates rise, that's going to stop people from doing it. And just just pause, just hang tight. Let's just see see what happens here. But I mean, this this week uh, alone, I've shown three different investor type people that are out there just trying to put their money into uh, real estate instead. So I think that's kind of interesting. And they, these are not like low type investor type people, like are, that are just guessing. They know what they're doing. Yep. No, I, I get it. And I think that there's, you know, there's always that, um, I hate to say it, but, you know, just take the last five to 10 years and look at how we process information and look at how, you know, we are sensationalized with our news and everything's a, a, a problem and everything's stressful and everything makes life so hard. Life's really, take a look at your own individual situation. There's a lot of people, more people than people that are in, in bad spots right now that are still doing Hey, I got a great job. I can still put, yes, it's expensive, but I can still put food on the table. Um, I'm not going to move. I'm going to sit tight. You know, I'm in good schools for my kids. And like you said, Chris, maybe you just pause a little bit, let life happen for a couple of years and not decide to be making a move, you know, but on the other hand, people that, you know, 
I got, I got, uh, I, geez, what am I at? Five, five new properties coming on the market next week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's coming on pretty aggressive right now for sure. Yeah. I agree. I, I think this, some this, people though, I was just going to say, I think some people are also looking in or have looked into the whole remodeling. Um, I've got two clients that have done that and have now have said, you know what, we're not going to go that route because that's the one thing with remodeling that you don't know is that you, you start adding something on, but it sometimes affects so much more. So let's just say that you're going to put on an addition. Well, if those roofs don't line up or they do line up and the shingles don't match, well, then we need all new shingles. And if you do that, then it's kind of like, well, I put new windows on that part. What about their other windows? Should I should I replace those? And then once I replace the windows, maybe I should do the trim. But the trim won't match the door, so I better do the, the doors as well. And it turns into this huge cost. And then people are like, you know what? No, uh, we're not going to do it. Let's just sell. My house is good enough to be able to, you know, for what someone else wants it for. And then I'll go get what I want. So Yeah. This, this is the meme I was talking about, how you're dressed. <laughs> Jeez, I do have shades. <laughs> Put those oh, up. We, we know. <laughs> I gotta give you the look. Okay. I can't smile. Okay. All right, let's get to our real so estate far, meme. <laughs> real estate meme reacts segment. Here we go. So this first one is actually a video of a meme. One second here. Here we go. Can you remember any of the rap that you did? My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I like to see you wiggle, wiggle. For sure. <laughs> that is cruel. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, someone coughs and you're, you're a vulture and, and going after it. I'll tell you what. I used to. Can you remember any of the I had a, I knew of a realtor that one of his big things was, was going to the funerals. And I'm like, that is just. I. I could never talk about real estate if I went to a funeral. But that's level 301 prospecting, Chris. That's <laughs> when you're a deep diver. My goodness. Hey, it's going to happen to all of us. So I guess I heard that. Yeah. There's a rumor. There's a big rumor going on out there. <laughs> Maybe not you, Andy. That hair will never leave. Okay, what? The real me, the me that my clients see. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I think uh, I think with the, the advent of all these things that are happening, I think you're starting to see the real people. It used to be that way. You know, um, you'd see uh, a guy on a Harley uh, on the like on a weekday that was then in a suit, you know, at an open house. Totally different person. But I think now, I mean, everyone pretty much... Um, appreciates that and 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 embraces it and makes it a just a who they are and you and the and the good thing is is that you're attracting the people that are fine with that and there's nothing wrong with that i tell that to new agents all the time everyone says you gotta you gotta come into the industry and you gotta you have to send out postcards you need to go knock on doors you need to do open houses you need to talk to 100 people a day you don't have to do that if you don't do it you won't and you won't do it, number one, you, and you won't do it good. But if you do something that you like and you enjoy, you can certainly do that. And that's the same thing with people. You think you have to work with every single buyer? No, you don't. Um, I've right. had that instance more in the last two years than I've ever had that I've just said no. You know, I just know it's not going to It's not gonna be fun. It's, it's not worth it. And, and not that real estate's all fun, but you can make it an enjoyable process if you work together. And it's usually... You know, when it's like, oh, I'll tell you what to do. Well, you know what? I've kind of been doing it a long time. I kind of know what I'm doing. It's worked for me. And if it doesn't yeah. work for you, that's totally fine. You know, go yeah. use go use whoever. And it's and it's totally I, cool. Hey, I at the end of the year, I always say, let's measure, you know, the tangibles that, that what, what can we, you know, change in a, in, this is like coaching from a real estate perspective. And I would sit there with some of my agents on the team and I'd say, okay, you sold 24 houses. Let's talk about the, the best transactions you had, meaning the customers that were the easiest to work with, um, the most willing to do what they needed to do to get the deals done, and those that would refer you in the future that, you know, like really appreciate what you are and who you are 
and they represent you, you know what I mean? And they, and they'll refer you versus the bottom two or three. And when you learn to look at your business, that's kind of the Jack Walsh, um, who, by the way, Chris and I got to meet years ago before he passed away, um, who ran GE. If you read some of his books, he says, do it to yourself to get rid of your bottom 20%. And I'm telling you, it, it's, it's scary, but it's refreshing. The buyer that's going to push you around, tell you what to do, argue about what the percentages are, argue about if you have any admin fees, argue about this. They're not going to refer you. They don't appreciate you. And I go, like I told my, my team, I go, those kind of buyers, it's okay, or sellers, to just say, you know what? I don't know if we're a great fit. And even though I really respect you and appreciate you, would you like me to refer you to somebody else? And then you refer them to Chris Rooney, and then Chris has to deal with them. For sure. Because I'll tell you what, our business is, I mean, yes, we're straight commission, but you do at some point in time have to break down, is this a profitable relationship or is this a nonprofit relationship? And I'll tell you what, boys and girls, those of us that are out there in this business, I mean, we're entrepreneurs. We gotta, we've got braces to put on those kids' teeth. We gotta buy tennis shoes too. And it gets to a point of where there, there's fair, and then there's ah man, I'm. It's just abusive, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's not a win-win, it doesn't work. So right there, you go. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Me trying to find out if my client's offer was accepted. Please say Arizona ones. What? Basically, she sent so many texts. I think she got arrested. Yeah, trying to trying to. Uh, uh, that's a big thing when you're in multiple offers and you're from the listing side. I mean, there's some people that are pretty anxious, and got to remember from a listing agent standpoint, um, maybe we don't have the answer. A lot of times, what's happening is that we've got all the multiple offers, we're, we've gone over them, we're talking to the seller with them, and maybe there's some changes we want to make with one of the best offers, and we're dealing with that, and we can't really say, hey, you know what, we're working, we're looking at this other offer, because if it doesn't work out, we might go to the next one. Um, but on the other hand, the buyer's agent is getting texts and calls from their client the whole time, wondering what the heck's up. So keeping people up to date and maybe um, even given time frames and just saying, yep. you know what? Hey, we're going to look at the, That's what I do. Yeah, we're gonna look at the offers. Let's please get them to me by five and we should have an answer. We'll give you an answer tomorrow by 9 a.m. And yep. if you do that, you usually do it on that night before and not even have to worry about the 9 a.m. But you set their expectations that, hey, we're not going to hear until tomorrow. It gets the buyer's I, I agent off. Farther. I even go a step farther and say, would you like me to give you a couple of tips on your offer? And they'll say, well, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, well, currently we have more than one offer on the table. This is what we're looking for for a closing date. This is what we would really desire for you regarding your inspection. This is what we desire for you regarding um, the terms of the close or the, the way you're financing or whatever the items might be, or we may, you know, really favor you having because we're nervous that the house won't appraise. Um, and, and Hey, nobody put a gun to this person said to make that offer. So as long as you're putting the offer out there, why don't you back it up with an appraisal guarantee where you're going to, you're going to you know, pay the difference. And the thing is, it. yeah, it's a way to do it. And I think that there's, so I, I do that and then I'll say, okay, we're reviewing all offers tonight at seven o'clock. We'll have all offers reviewed. Hopefully have one picked by 930. And at 930, you'll receive a text from me on the number you provided on your email. And, and then we just, we do it. And it's like, hey, congratulations or hey, sorry. Um, yeah, I like to turn that whole, that whole appraisal thing because it's a, it's, there's a fine line there. Because if you tell people, hey, we need an appraisal gap, you're saying, well, we don't think our house is worth it. But the fact of it is, is that it's your buyer's lender's appraiser. Right. That appraisal that they need that that's not up to us that's up that's up to you guys and i don't want to be at the mercy of what they say and what what they think it's worth because the market is spoken and this is what yeah. it is and if and if you don't want to do that we have other people that is willing to do that it's just yeah. a fact well you know that's 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 an open market right so i mean that's where people oh it's not fair they can offer fifty thousand in cash well that's kind of what a free market's all about and creating those opportunities for you to make, you know, a great profit. Um, on the other side, are we selling houses above what they're really worth? Almost every day, um, right now. I, in my opinion, you know, I think appreciation has has catapulted ahead. Like I would say, offers now are all let's say at three hundred thousand. There's one that has legs on it that goes up to three forty, and it closes and it appraises, and it, you know, there's no real 
um, way to argue it. So what ends up happening is now all the new neighbors list at, you know, 340. And was it, did, it, did all those houses really appreciate that much? Or was it the competitive environment that pushed that offer up exclusively? Like I said, it's, it's on stilts, man. It's not like that's a, uh, a foundation of, of constant appreciation. It's like jacked up and sitting there. And then all the other ones jack up and it kind of stabilizes that neighborhood. But I, I don't think that there's a, uh, quote, um, fear of overpaying right now. Go ahead, Chris. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, what you just said about, yeah, are they are they overpaying? I said two years ago, I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is it's it's too much. Well, that same person that I said that to that probably paid 30000 more than what it is, we're going to list that house about 55000 more than what they paid for it. And so, no, you didn't pay too much for it. And everyone else coming up to that, I've had agents say that they just, in good conscience, couldn't let their buyers buy those properties. Well, yeah. what did they do? They all of a sudden got them into a market now that's still higher and the rates are 2% higher. I mean, well, I tell you, I had a client's decision. Chris, I had a guy last year and a husband and a wife, they moved down from Minneapolis to Arizona. Okay. And they thought, well, boy, we're buying kind of at the peak of the market down in Arizona. And they, they bought a house for 460000 And they're like, oh, man, this is crazy. This we're overpaying. Um, cut scene. Um, you know, they got a little too far away from family. Said, you know what? Let's move back to the city's job, whatever, too. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of reasons why they wanted to move back. That house, what would you guess that house just sold for? I mean, now it's a desert view. Uh, 670 cash. And there's multiple offers, no inspection. Um, the guy that bought it is literally transferred the entire purchase price and earnest money to the broker. And, and they were like, he's never even seen. He's from Pitt, like Pittsburgh or something and just wants a place in Arizona, paid it. And I go, so when people say, oh, the market's crazy. No, that individual buyer's crazy. But what they did is they create a wave of momentum and it goes over to everybody else that's in that area now. So now everything's, well, my house is worth 670. So there you go. Absolutely. Hey, can you put a hat on that guy next time? Good Lord. Whoa, it looks like a deal killer right there. What minor things are a complete deal killer for you when viewing a home? I'll tell you what mine is, is uh, cleanliness. Cleanliness, it always makes my buyers, and I'm speaking about buyers, nervous because they're wondering what else is behind that dirt. So when you have dirt in the corners and you open up the range and there's food all over the place, it's typically an indication of how you've taken care of the rest of the home. And so that means the furnace might be bad. The water heater's bad. I mean, you never probably change a furnace filter until you listed it. You know, there's probably bugs, there's infestation, there's mice, there's all of those things kind of go in there. And so cleanliness to me is the biggest thing. It's the thing you have to do. Even if you're completely outdated and it's, I mean, bad house, if it's clean, it's people look at it differently. I I had uh, two, three years ago, had a property listed up in Ham Lake it was probably the nicest property, exceptional value, beautiful views, wooded acreage, awesome rambler. And the the good news is if you ever need your, uh, Chris, if you ever need your washer or your dryer repaired, the neighbor does that. But what he does is he keeps the boneyard of used parts out in his yard. There were dishwashers and wash machines and refrigerators. And I walked over there and I, because I was taking the listing on. And I says, hey, how you doing? And uh, he, he cautiously goes, I'm good. I go, I'm the real estate agent next door. And I said, um, we're just trying to sell the house next door. I was curious, you know, what's the plan here? Um, obviously, the city doesn't know you're doing this. And and uh, the guy goes, well, yeah, I kind of got out of control a little bit. And he goes, I just, you know, parts are so expensive nowadays. And I actually started feeling bad for the guy. And I go, well, here's the deal. We're trying to sell their house. Is there any way you could help us? get a higher resale value for their house by hiding some of your stuff. And I go, cause it'll help you too, right? I mean, they get a higher price. You're going to get a higher price someday and it helps the whole neighborhood. This guy was so fantastic. And he, I'm talking, it looked like a tornado hit and the, all the stuff blew out of a warehouse and he put up a privacy fence. Unbelievable. 
I mean, oh, so you just have to ask. I would say there are neighbors that will kill deals is what I was trying to get to. Some of your neighborhood or that neighbor that likes to collect cars or appliances um, or whatever it might be. I went over there and I couldn't believe how cooperative this guy was. It was like, you know what? Yeah, this has gotten out of control. I agree. Yeah, no, it's it's true. That's yeah. uh, I mean, and that's I'll tell you what, that's a lot of times an agent won't go do that. They'll try to get the person to do it, but they don't have the but. It's how you do it. I mean, and that that's a, a, a big thing. You could have got over there. Clean your freaking Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. But it's uh but it you did it in a way that it made it a positive for him. Because it is. Well, I mean, you know why well, I, I forgot to tell you this. I asked him too. I says, Hey, I go, we're doing some open houses. I go, Do you want me to put some of your uh, business cards over there for you? The more the more the most vested people in selling your house, obviously yourself, but the second most vested people are your neighbors. The the yeah. more you get, it's the better for them. And so trying to help each other and, and work out, you see that nasty yard, whatever, letting people know that, hey, clean, keep it clean. You know, there there's some, remember, did you ever see that one, um, what was it? It was uh, Chevy Chase at Funny Farm where he was going out to the country to buy something and he bought this idyllic country place where all the, the deer would run past the, you know, out in the fields and the bunnies yeah. would kind of hop around and the, they would offer mail, but the mailman would stop and just hand them the mail and whatever, yeah. all the things, it was like perfect. And then all of a sudden he bought it, moved in and it was pure hell. I mean, these guys, they, they were opening cages to let the deer run out, and they totally staged everything. Oh, well, then he had to try to sell it. When he was trying to sell it, everyone just ransacked it until he paid them off. <laughs> and then it became idyllic again, but that was funny. I, I, I honestly haven't seen that. I should I should check that one out. Yeah. Funny farm. Yeah. And here we go. Our next segment, our, our Real Estate Social Media Reacts, is brought to you by Andy Prasky, Preferred Home Team. And well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. Is it weird that I can't stand if I can't stand looking at myself on camera? No. That drives me crazy. Okay. Well, yeah, that wall has to go. Do you know if that wall is load bearing? Okay. Could you mind if I take a few videos? It's for our designer. I don't know if you've heard of Studio McGee. Um, yeah. Now, are, is this French oak, white French oak floor? Do you know the thickness of it? It's important that I know. Um, can you find that out? And also, the five-inch baseboards are there four and seven eighths because it's a big difference. Four and seven eighths is completely out of style. So, gosh, this is just, just so much work to do in here. Wow, that's that's a trip hazard. God, are the you know the sprinklers are working? I saw some flowers out front that need a little bit extra water. Is that screen door loose? God, this needs a lot of work. Yeah, I'm just gonna run through real quick. The kids are sleeping in the car with my wife, so we're just gonna swap. I hear last one I hear all the time. My wife's out in the car with the kids, and I, I gotta totally. be quick. I'm like, totally. Hey, thanks. I love the ones that come in and think they know everything. They know they know absolutely everything, and then so then I start quizzing them because it's like you know. They just, it's just, God, this is interesting. You know, this is great for me to be able to learn and then start going over all the different things to see what they, what they do know and don't know. But, That's where uh, I spend stuff around though. And I'll say things like, well, you know what? That base trim. So if it is five inch, we're going to expect an offer from you. Cause yeah. it's everything you're talking about. You want this, right? Yeah. So yeah. then every, all the boxes are checked and you're ready to put your deal together. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, this, and I, you know, I think people, I don't know what it is, but some people I think are so afraid that they're going to end up buying a house that they come in and put on a show and they leave. The, I think they even leave the open house going, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know. But they think of us uh, agents as vultures. We're, we're going after them and just be straight up and just say it. Hey, you know what? 
I don't, I don't want to work with anyone. I mean, maybe if I like you, I will, but I'll yeah. make that decision and don't, don't bug me. Very well, or how about this? You know, I've done open houses with new builders for years and I'll see some of the same crowd year after year after year. And I'll say, Oh, Hey, how you been doing since we saw each other last year? Yeah. I don't know you. And I go, you come into this model every year in the spring preview and the fall parade homes. I go, don't you have a bunch of kids that play football? They're all wearing football jerseys last time you came through. <laughs> and they get really freaked out. Like, and I go, it's, it's nothing wrong. I, hey, mm-hmm. open to the public. Come on in with as much as you want. But I do for my job. Yeah, yeah. remember. I, I, I remember you. You We connect, you know. Yeah, totally. Hey, I've done that. I had one on the lake one time and uh, I just sat on the couch. No one was coming. I sat on the couch and I fell asleep. And then someone was in the house. They came into the house and they walked around. They said, oh, we just didn't want to wake you up. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I so had I that happen. bouncing hoops. Last summer we had that happen. One of my younger new agents who's no longer with us did an open house. I think he was out all night long. And uh, they go, this lady calls me and says, hey, I was concerned about your real estate agent making sure he was alive. So we touched him on the couch. He was like, put his feet up and fell straight up, fell asleep. Oh, and no. they even shook his foot. We knew he was breathing, but there was no response. We could have robbed that whole place. And, and I'm like, so I sent a couple texts over saying, hey, 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 nothing. I walk over there. And then this guy's got his girlfriend in the model. And they're sitting there having like lunch. I'm like, okay, bud, thank you. Why don't you head home today? We're, we're good. <laughs> We're all good. Thank oh, you no. so much for your service. Oh, boy. Lacking being professional. My goodness. That's the one thing about running a team, too. It's ultimately comes all on you. You know, all, anyone yeah. who works for you represents you. Yeah. I have to get my head the same level as yours, Andy. There. Well, I can back up a little bit so I, I look smaller. my camera. That's how, I, that's, how, that's how many I've done in my life. Three. And then I ended that. That was the last. I'm like, I'm not doing that uh, and stuff. But I'll tell you what, it works for some people. And it's just, it's it's a numbers game. You just got to keep grinding. Yeah, so true, Chris. I think that there's, you know, everybody does their business differently. And some, like you said, some people will, like, you know, if you've ever listed a house and it goes off the market, the amount of, like, existing, like, expired, canceled, those people get absolutely peppered with agents that are, that's their whole business model is taking the houses that have now gone off the market. They've, they've, you know, cleverly coined phrases that trigger your, yeah, well, maybe I should talk to that person. And well, geez, that is, that's a good point. Maybe I should relist with somebody new and all these people are geared to do that. So what I always tell everyone is that, you know, just like any industry that's out there, they're trained to help you and they're trained to, or, or help themselves with, getting your interest in having them list your properties. That's how they get paid. So I don't know if there's anything wrong with it, but man, I tell you, there's been some issues with do not call lists because, you know, people are like, I'm on the do not call list. But if you sign up on a website, I'm warning you that you've now given them permission because it says in their fine print that they can call you and they can market to you because you've signed up on their website. So be careful, those of you that don't like to be bugged. When you're owning rental properties, you want to put in the most durable things into that property. So we don't put carpet inside of our rentals because what happens is every time a tenant moves out, you need to replace it, ends up costing a lot of money. So we put in LVT flooring, hardwood. So when tenants move out, we just hit it with a mop and a broom and then there's nothing to replace. True. That's a, that's a true thing. Um, I tell you, you, uh, I wish they would have had that back when I was heavy into my rental properties. And uh, I would have learned that because I, I spent a lot of money on carpet over the years and stains and dog stains and cats and uh, human stains. You got to treat as an investor, you got to treat you have, you have to treat uh, investment properties a lot different than what you would live in. And then, I mean, we were basically, you know, this is going to be your perfect home for you. And you, and you can't do that. It costs you way too much money. And by the time honest, you know, I mean, that house, I've replaced yeah. the carpet four or five times. 
Well, I mean, like when I was younger, you know, when you think about being a young 20 something year old guy, it's like I could have had a concrete floor in my house and not cared and took a backpack blower and blew it out every day to clean it. And I wouldn't care. Now, as you get older and you want carpet or you have animals, but you still want carpet, it's a math equation, guys. I mean, you think about this. It's just a matter of if I put carpet in for you brand new to get you in as a tenant and you're going to live there three years, I divide out that cost of that carpet by three years. And you're basically as a tenant, you're paying for that carpet. So then most tenants, you know, they ruin it and they don't care, but then they keep the security deposits and they do the whatever. And it's, it's a pain. I mean, it, it, it's a different mentality when you're at a house party where it's a rental property and somebody spills some Coca-Cola off the chair under the floor, they don't always necessarily mop it up. Or if they, if they, they dab it, they don't really clean it, clean it. Versus like, if it was your own carpet that you just paid for, you'd be getting the steam cleaner out there to get that, you know, Coca-Cola out of there. Okay. Hey, our next segment, which I think is going to get a lot of views here in Minnesota, is uh, Would You Rather Minnesota Real Estate Edition. It is brought to you by Chris Rooney Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Is it? Andy, is it? That guy's good. Is it, I think it's really weird when you love watching yourself on camera. It's really weird. <laughs> uh, 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 the odd couple for nothing. All right. Okay, what's, well, what's, what's the rules of the game there, Nikki? Yep. So let me clear this screen up quick. So basically, I have three different price segments, 200000 to 250000 I'm going to give you two homes in two different cities. Uh, the other segment is 500 to 550,000 and then 1.2 to 1.5 million, all homes in Minnesota and in your guys' areas. So this first one is in Eden Prairie. Okay, so 225,000 dollar townhome, one car garage, two bedroom, two bath, almost 1,300 square feet. All right. Somewhat. I mean, it's not, it's not bad. Looks like they painted the old cabinets. Is that what you're guessing? And some new yeah, new appliances? Yep. It might even look like granite tops. Wood I don't floors. know why that would have not popped. Yeah. It just dropped at 23. Wow. Well, they had it at 250. At 250, yeah. Yeah, but it's Eden Prairie, man. Yeah. Payments, 1660 plus your association dues, so... That's about you know rent. You could probably get twenty one, twenty two hundred. I'd guess. That's a good little spot too, actually. Yeah. All right. I don't. I don't see a resale problem now. Yeah. I think you're getting closer to that sweet point. But you know the other thing that we don't have in front of us is um, the other units in that building that have sold. So if everything else is sold for two hundred, then that's what's holding it back. You know, sometimes it's just. Yeah, Osmo being around them, you know, and they're just other units that don't sell for as much. And being a middle unit is not, I mean, you have windows yeah, on one not side. not as hot as being an end unit. Ooh. Okay, so now we're going to Oakdale. It looks like a twin home, is a twin home. So a little bigger, 1422, but a three bedroom, two bath, not two. This one obviously is so Hey, look at I, that. Little, Andy, look at that little trick. Pricing yeah. it under what Zillow says. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think that, you know, in your decorating style, Chris, where you like to put like big um, butterflies on the fronts of houses, yes. I think that would have helped this one with the curb appeal too. I know. Well, look at when you add a, a bee with a butterfly. Where's Photoshop when you need it, right? Over on Hallmark, okay. 1,400 square, kind of over by 3M over there. 
I like the kitchen. Nice. Look at that backyard, Andy. Six ninety four um, yeah. is your backyard. I can't see that. See well, on the map. Yeah, see on the map. Oh, that's exciting! So you can see commerce happening every morning. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta stay positive, Rooney. You gotta stay positive, bro. Good access to the freeway. Mm -hmm. But you know, some of those I don't know if that little stretch has got uh, the sound walls or whatever. But I mean, backing up to a freeway is gonna hurt. See, now let me ask you a question. Would you, if you were listing that house, would you show that view or would you keep it out of there? I, you know, if I could see the freeway, I don't know if I would, but I would, let's, let's see a picture that shows kind of the side from the front view. Is there one of those? What's this one? Go up a little, Nick. Right there. You can't really see it. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a wall. wall. Yeah, there's yep, a wall. That's fine. Yep. I think that's fair. I think yep. I would show that because that's not, uh, I mean, that's, right. it's not horrible if that's the case. All right. Which one would you take, Andy? I know what I would do. Eden Prairie? Me too. Even though it's a one-car garage versus two cars, two bedrooms versus three bedrooms, but, I mean, just Eden Prairie. And I know that area pretty well where it sits, and it's a good little, it's a good little quadrant. Very good yes. for access getting in and out. Well, in that Oakdale area too, is that it, it's a nice area. It's, you know, the, it's the, what do you want to call it? The East Lake Elmo and the uh, North Woodbury kind of North of Woodbury kind of area. And it's, it's very nice there. It's, it's older. A lot of that area is, you know, um, Oh, I guess we have one more. I was just getting set up. You guys can keep chatting on that. No, that's okay. I, I was just going to say it's kind of an older area. So you know, it's more of a convenience. I think there's, uh, you know, uh, on that side of town. See, I always compare everything to if you have a cabin, where would you want to live? Well, I'd rather have that same kind of house over in Maple Grove so I could jump on 94 and get up to Alexandria in an hour and 40 minutes, you know? Unless you have a Wisconsin cabin. Then then you want to be in Oakdale. See? So see, you're a thinker, depends. man. You should really, should really get a show or something. I should go in real estate or something. Yeah. Decrease 50k. Wow. Greenwood. And now it's now it's pending. Hey, here's the thing though, Andy. That's one thing. We can play this little game. But there's people trying too hard to guess what people are gonna pay versus putting it on the market for what it's worth. And yep. uh, you know, you, you price this baby at six hundred thousand and you get a tuck under garage with a nice looking uh AC unit in that window there. You know, it just is not. Uh, I bet you that backyard. There's a lot of trees there and stuff like that. Well, you this is people overlook that. Like 380, 375 to me. That's but it's the neighborhood they're paying for. It's a nice area. Look where it's sitting. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, there's a, that's a dirt driveway too. I area. know. That's well, really. You know what? That's really close to Andy. Uh, you. Maynard's, yeah. You could you could stumble home from there on your electric bike. It's kind of a cool little house. Yeah. yeah. No, it's nice on the inside. I like it. Yeah. But it's amazing though. I think I think if anything else, you know, we're showing houses that have been reduced, a couple of them now. And that that is the side effect of being, like you said, Chris, ahead of the market. Pricing the house a little bit under what it's really worth still seems to benefit the sellers and getting more people looking at it, getting better offers with better terms. And at the end of the day, the market will pay what the market will pay. So um, if you think it's worth 600 and they dropped at 50, they may have gotten 670 or 575 or whatever it was. You know, who knows what they got but it, until it closes. But I wonder how close that is off of seven because that could get looks like it's right on it. loud too. It sits off yeah. a little. I don't know if this is on that aerial photo. It's off a little. Yeah. Out of the corner of the deck, though, you can probably hear the freeway. Yeah. I thought you, I mean, you could not get something this nice in this location for this price. I thought it was at like minimum 700 in, in these areas. Yeah, but I, Nick, on this thing, what, what we don't see is there, it's really dated on a lot of parts of the house, but the photos make it look good. And that's the whole key is that the photos look like, hey, gosh, you should be able to get 600 all day long for this. And then they go there and then they look and they're not as good. And then they say, you know what, let's just hang on and wait. Well, you hang on and hang on and hang on. All of a sudden, the price goes down. Then someone grabs it. But 
I mean, you then you start seeing the benefit. You start seeing the benefits of it rather than um, the negatives of it. If it was at five, Where, how do you get in the front of that house? Oh, it's kind of like a side. See, that's the only challenge I have is that no matter how much, you know, makeup you put on that house, I don't know if you're ever going to get it really that pretty. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those houses where you, it, I mean, it's nice, but it's, it, you, I'd put definitely put some stone on there. Maybe, you know, I don't know, something. It needs something. But that is a good price for that area. So Correct. All right. What are we, what are we competing against there? Which one would I yeah. rather? Just for you, you, you know this area quite well. Um, let me scroll oh. here. Who, me or Andy? Oh, we'll see. Oh, the old South Third. I don't even want to talk about this area. <laughs> That's where I, my last rental property was. That's now gone. Is that Whittier so, or what is that neighborhood there? Yep. Yep. Very good. Yeah. Did I did I uh, pull a little knowledge out of the old sack of? Uh... Yeah, yeah. So I had a rental property over there. It sold for seven sixty. Uh, what is a six bedroom, three bath? This looks like a single family um, home. Um, Why? Well, I, I'm sorry. I just I just that area to me, and and just kind of some of the things that are happening are. Not as exciting. I would be buying in Greenwood, even though this house is going to be super cool. It's got all the cool old woodwork in it and stuff. Um, go down, little Nick. See those pictures because I think they're going to be pretty cool. Yeah, look at that woodwork. Yeah, just awesome. That, that's why you moved there, right? You yeah, bet. being downtown. The lifestyle. Yeah. Look at the old registers, Andy. The old hot water registers. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, they are cool. Looks like a second kitchen. So maybe there's yeah. some rental possibilities here. Oh, maybe they had a duplex and they just aren't calling it that. Claw tub. I always think those bedrooms up on the upper levels with the angled ceilings are kind of cool. If you're a kid. Now, you and I would hit our heads on stuff or whatever, but. Hey, why don't you think this has sold when uh, yours sold for way more? Well, because mine had income potential, so it was a totally different type of buyer. Um, unless this is a duplex, I can't tell yet. But yeah, I think this yeah, is just you know, yeah, there's a couple, of, yeah, a couple entrances there, but two car garage. That's nice. Does it, Nick, go down on the right hand side and just on the facts and features? And then we'll see what kind of uh, duplex. Okay, so it's a duplex, and um, that's there's two units. This to me, this property is someone that is trying to find a house, kind of in that three fifty to four range, can qualify for more, but they'll just live on one side and be able to rent out the other to be able to kind of do their payment. I think that's the, the type of buyer here. Um, the one that I had was you know four different units. And that they could rent yeah. each one out. It was a pure numbers calculation. Yeah, yours was like an apartment, a converted yeah. apartment mansion. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, which one would you do, Andy? Just, just for this year, I'm not a, a mover and a shaker. I, I don't want to be downtown or in South Minneapolis yet, um, or now. I guess I don't know what to say. I, I'd rather be out towards the lake and and walk to Maynard's and go on a boat, and that's more my lifestyle. But if I worked downtown, that'd be different. Then Whittier would probably be a good choice. Um, yeah, I would definitely. I mean, being by the lakes in that area, I mean, yeah. it's just kind of a, you know, it's a no problem rental. If you wanted to do that, you could certainly live there. Um, it's it's inexpensive enough to maybe even rip it down uh, and create something else, you know, being that close to the lake. So. I'd be I'd be thirty blocks farther south probably though I kind of like that neck of the woods down by, you know uh, Harriet's really nice down there and some of those areas that are a little quieter neighborhoods not so hustle bustle right next to downtown. What about you know, our life? What about our life coach? His area. Ah, uh, that's very nice too. He's yeah. over in Linden Hills, um, yeah. right off the edge of Kenwood there, and that that's a beautiful little pocket of uh, of Minneapolis. Yeah, it really is. Yep. 
and he's he's like three blocks off the lakes. So you you know, there we go. Okay, we're in Invergrove. Got a rambler. That's strange, Chris Rooney. Oh, a rambler? Are you saying I can't do steps or something or what? Yeah, yes. And the fact that they cut it a hundred thousand and it's five thousand square feet. Yeah. Nice location. Okay, so, yeah, no, that's not that's not a bad little spot. Stucco. Um what do we got? Fifty four hundred square feet. Can you do facts and feature? I just want to know when it was built. What are we? Two thousand five. Okay. All right, let's see some photos. Oh, pool. Done. Well, it's not super. That's not super dated. It's got kind of the cherry, no. you know, little red hues. It's not a cul-de-sac. You see that? Nice backyard. Yeah. Okay. This isn't bad. I don't know that part of town very well, but to me, that screams nine fifty. But I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's over. It's probably over a million. Is that is that a red or a purple island? That's the thing. Yeah. Looks like they painted it red. Those are the things you got to identify when you're when you're selling because this is first impression. And I mean that that island's massive and it could be really impressive, but it just kind of plays with this wood and it kind of clashes a little too much. If you, I go black on that now, yeah, that was just different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a little hearth room there. Well, they got yeah. the seats in the other room matching it. I mean, somebody needs to help them with the staging. And I mean, as much as I, you know, hate to say that, I mean, when you live in a house is different than when you're trying to sell a house. You need to have a consultant come in and help you tune those little things so you can stay in that million dollar price range. Otherwise, you just you keep tuning, and then all of a sudden, or if you don't, you're just gonna keep reducing until you get to nine fifty. Like here's here's the thing too, Andy, is that that island color might be really cool. I mean, when you're at the house, it might look really good, but you're never going to get them to the house because of that island color. Correct. So, you, I mean, and now you're really focusing on it. I've got about six different shots of this island, which is a great island, but all I keep seeing is a kind of a purple, pinkish. Scroll down a little bit more, would you, Nick, please? Porch. I got, I got to be honest with you. I The photography is good, but it's not great. There, There are better... You know, doing the HDR photography where they can brighten that stuff up and get um, the views. I mean, and this is why I tell everybody, okay, neat, you got a toilet and a sink. Neat, you got a bed and a room. It's like you need to start showing more of the features of the area, show the house, show the lifestyle. How do you, you know what I mean? There's there's so much more to that house than just the basics, you know? Yeah. All right, so see, you're seeing some of the datedness too. You know, going on the glass block thing. Well, glass block was dated when they put it in. I don't know what the hell they were thinking there. That. Yeah, you just might want to see that um, later or just, um, it's just, to me, sometimes, I mean, when you're getting 1-3 now, now you're competing against new construction that you can build something. Sure, I'm not going to get the lot. I'm probably not going to get the pool. But gosh, I'm going to get my cool walk-in shower that I wanted. And, you know, for 1.3, I should have what I want. You know, it might have to be a little smaller, blah, blah, blah. So those are things yeah. that you, you let them see when they get there because I think you might fall in love with this this property in the pool. And here's the other thing. We don't we don't even really see that a lot of it. I bet you it's going to be here at the end yeah. that we're going to start seeing that, that house feels very Victorian, too, in a weird way. And I wish somebody may love that. I'm not a, a super fan of that style, but neutralized, I would tell people. There you go. I'd lead with the aerials. Why the heck aren't you leading with the pool shots? Yeah. I mean, all that stuff is, that's the that's what I'm talking about right there. It's a lifestyle. Imagine the awesome parties for you and your family. You know, bring the whole, you know, soccer team over. Enjoy, you know, and show kids, it's just show a soccer ball in that backyard with a little net. Andy, I mean, sell that house. What about, a, what about a picture from that, that screen porch area, kind of like with a table with maybe something on top of it facing that, yep. that pool? So it's even got waterfalls. Look at those waterfalls on the far end. Yeah. They don't even have a photo of it. Yeah. What the hell? Disappointed. That's a nice lot. That's a that's a great it way is. to do that. You gotta do that. So 
All right, but we're just picking between that one and another one. So what are we going to do? What's the other one? I forgot. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing a different game. We're assessing that listing instead. That That's okay, though, man. I don't think uh, that price is too far off at all, Andy. Oh, that's Hugo. Like a split entry. Yeah. That's a split entry, isn't it? No. This God. must be about the land. How much land do we got here? Because that's a three bedroom, three bath. Must be a hundred acre farm. Four foot split entry. Seventy. Ten, there you go. Seventy acres. 70. There you go. Okay. That's what you're buying. Uh, you're buying that pole barn. You know that building yeah. is sweet. It's unfortunate they have a split on there. You, get, you know, you I tell people own. this all the time. I, I think people would rather buy a slab on grade style house than a split in this price range. And that you can have lofts, you can have, you know, even like a crawl space underneath the, the Rambler. But, um, you know, doing something house wise that's different than a split. Splits just have this stigma of being an entry level home and people don't want the stairs. And they're going to fight that, even though that's a, a fantastic, this is right up my alley. I would do the numbers on having that house go away. Being honest. Or could I subdivide it and keep 60 acres and sell that off with 10 with the house on it and then sell off the land separately? That's probably why, you know, if you really look at like with big land, um, a lot of times that's the way to go, you know, where you have, you'll get more in the seller's pocket if you subdivide it into three pieces. You know, let's say there's, you know, uh, three 20 acre pieces and they're going to sell quicker and faster and for more money if they have road access and everything else, but and it, and if it's allowable and, and then sell the, the one piece here for, you know, 699 or something in on 20 acres, it'd sell pretty fast. So this one's a little, little dated, but again, it's, this is a different lifestyle. I mean, those two, <clears throat> those two lifestyles are totally different. Um, this is more of a, I'd say like a, a contractor type um, yeah worker wants the privacy a farm area i mean you got a lot of toys look at that they got i mean it looks like they fuel a lot of vehicles um so it's probably a, somewhere that's working there um okay so they tried to they outlined the the thing here andy you might be right on uh there's a possibility to be able to kind of split this thing off and still have access on this right hand side to get back to the big part Nice. Yeah, so that's again looking at it from different ways. So which one? Which one are you taking, Andy? Hang on, a you just made me. Now you got me. Did you see how I got closer to the screen? Now I'm like this reading. Um, I always look for subdivision. Whenever you can sell things in smaller units, the 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 property would go higher. I think that if this is subdividable, I would take the the uh, split here in Hugo because um, of the potential that you you have more things you can do with it. Um, you know, there's more ways to sell it. You could you'd sell lots, you could sell whatever, if, if that's the case. On the other hand, just to move in and live, I really like that other house. I like a Rambler. I like the pool. Um, I'm kind of torn. I think, what, I, what, what I, think, I think I'm taking the, the pool and the Rambler. Just going to do a little work to it. and But I think they've got a lot of stuff there. I think the value is huge there. Um, you know, and land is a great thing, but I guess – with my lifestyle, it's kind of, I don't have a lot of time to work on that. So right. you gotta, you gotta think about that stuff. You can always, well, and I hate to see it, but there, there's a, there's a big reduction already on the table, which always says to me, bring another one. And you could probably wheel and deal a little bit more on one that's already reduced. They've recognized they're overpriced and the market's not responding to them. So that's a good position for a buyer to be in going in negotiating. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I don't, I'd probably stick with the 70 acres and the, you know, I hate to say it, but I probably would have if it's subdividable. I think it's interesting when you're when you're kind of going over that and you're you're looking into this like all buyers do. You start looking at it and you're like, well, geez, okay, so it might not be overpriced. There's these things might be wrong with it instead. And then all of a sudden, that's what happens to these properties. They just go down. And you got to look at this thing. That's why it's so important, so important to do it right from the beginning. If you don't do it right from the beginning, you are in trouble. I mean, I mean listing the house. A price can free fall like that. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you need to list correctly. That's I, I've told a couple of people that. And I've said, I only had one customer last year that chose to 
shoot for the moon on price. And we were on the market for 31 days. Everything else last year I sold in a day, day and a half. Cool. Hey, let's rapid fire this open door experience and then uh, we'll finish with the uh, listener questions. So, gotcha. I sold my house in, oops. In I sold April, my house open to open door. Yeah. Okay, you got it? Yeah, they turned around, didn't, didn't do any proof. This is totally normal. And they listed it for fifteen thousand more, so that's not that's not a lot. Um, but anyways, they went and looked at it, and I guess it was dirty and everything was just horrible about it. Everything was dying in there; it smelled in there. There was uh, dirt. They left it a lot nicer than what uh, Open Door did. But you know, Open Door uh, did a lot of paying too much um, for properties. Uh, at one point, you were getting a pretty darn good deal at at a point, and you know, to be able to move out of it. You know, Andy and I have talked about that, that why would you ever use those places? In some cases, it really worked out for people. Yeah. And, um, but it, it's just kind of sad what you see happens to it. Um, well, in the, it's in really the, hard to deal with from an agency. I was going to say, in the glut of stupidity, these guys are trying to gain market share. And they, they did for a very short window. We're overpaying, thinking they couldn't make mistakes. And then I want anybody that questions their business model, go look at their stock performance on those companies right now. Go look at Open Door stock, go look at Zillow stock, go look at all of them, they're in the toilet. And it's because their business model isn't sustainable and it isn't smart. They, they I, again, I keep saying this, if they would hire good agents that actually could help position the company to make money, the agents would you know, provide um, the value of saying, okay, we need to buy it for this to make this kind of margin for you guys to sell in today's market. The problem is, is that nobody would sell at that price. So they weren't getting any properties under contract. So these agents that were getting paid by the deal, not based on the profit, were just trying to, you know, cut the contracts and get the deals done. And so that's where prices went up. And then, I mean, we saw it last year, Zillow walked away from 280 families that had already bought properties and they walked away and they left these people hanging and they just did it again last fall when they, they pulled out of the market. And they said, you know what, we're closing. They didn't, in the fall, at least they didn't back out. They bought the ones that they had under contract, but they do not, no longer buy. Um, so oh, you're muted. I just said these deals come and go. I mean, we've, you said that years ago, you said that over a year ago, Hey, it's going to, what you know, you take yeah. advantage of a market and then you're out of it again and then they'll come up right. with something new, you know, it's new real estate companies, you know, Hey, I'll do it for, I'll pay you, I'll pay you to sell your house. You know, it's it's only $5,000. That's a flat fee. I don't care if it's a gazillion dollars. We'll take $5,000. Boy, that's who I want marketing my house. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, Andy, a friend wants to buy Greg's house. Do, do, do I need a real estate agent? No. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, uh, no, but what's kind of cool, though, is that, you know, most reasonable uh, real estate professionals, if you like Greg would call and say, Hey, um, my friend wants to buy my house. We've already agreed upon a price in the terms. And this is what services we need from you. We need you to help us with the paperwork and we want you to help us with the inspections or the closing or whatever it is. And then let that agent set a price. You know, a lot of times um, I've done this in the past too, where I, I I've done 1% um, and just to facilitate. And then I'll even do for both parties, I'll do like a market analysis of the property we present to both property or the buyer and the seller and say, this is what we see as a value and then let them negotiate it. And then they tell me what to write up. I write it up and I send them off to closing, make sure they have a good closer, make sure everything is done properly. And I mean, it, it's what's nice for us, Chris, though, is that it's um, the, the, the sellers save money, um, but they're doing all the work themselves. Really. They're, they're doing all the things that most people can't do, like, you know, find a buyer and, establish a value that they're happy with or whatever and they don't know the proper course of action and the the procedures and the whatever to go through we make it smooth but i mean if all we're doing is administrative support i mean that can be done at a very reduced rate or you hire an attorney but the attorneys seem to cost more by the time they're done because there's always that hidden i need to review this one more time seems you know there's always that last invoice that keeps coming as I say, that I could, kind of I could talk for seven years on this, so I, we, we don't have time. <laughs> hey, another great show. 
Uh, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are posting all these clips there. We also have the three digestible clips on our Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up, a heart, and have a great uh, weekend, and see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.